Turn with me, please, to Matthew chapter 5. <clears throat> How many of you read the column that I write in clay today on a weekly basis? All right, I've got one. <laughs> a few. I know there's more than that. But... Uh, but, uh, well, let, let me put it a different way. How many of you didn't know that I write a column in clay today? Woo! Now you know. Now you know. All right, every week in clay today, I write a column called Faith Walk. And uh, it, 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 it takes me a little time to, to, to write that and put it together anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. So I don't just pick it up and cut and paste it from somewhere else and stick it in there. I, I never do that any more, any more than I do that with sermons. But I mentioned that today for a reason, because if I had just kept quiet about it, nobody would have known. Next week and from now on you would know, because from now on you will get clay today and read the paper, of course, but you'll also, also look for Faith Walk, which is in there, and it'll have my name and picture on it, so you'll recognize it. And now you can start reading it, as well as reading your local paper. I think that's a good idea. I get a chance to speak to you another time during the week if you'll read that. You can go on the website also, firstagop.org. And you can listen to messages from the past, or you can put it on Facebook and tell somebody else they ought to listen to the message today. Tell them how to get on it. It's on our Facebook page, the church Facebook page. So there's a lot of ways you can witness to people. I don't know if I ought to say, I'm, I'm, I don't know quite how to say this. If you, if you tweet, I don't know if you say tweet or Twitter. Anyway, if you do that, you can tell people about it with that too. I think we ought to be telling people about it every way we possibly can and tell them that they can find messages that we believe will encourage them and bless them on, on our webpage. Our church has information there. There are messages every week are there. And so now, the reason I started talking about Clay today is because this week I wrote a column and I titled it you can't stop me. And I explained in the very beginning of it, though the title may sound belligerent, it isn't. And when you read, the, I went on to say when you read this column, you'll see that it, isn't, it is not a column about belligerence. It's, it's really about faith and love and, and prayer and hope. But, uh, but if I hadn't said anything about it, you wouldn't have known it. But what my, the outline of my message this morning is what I wrote in Faith Walk in Clay Today this week. I've never done that before up to now. But after I wrote that <clears throat> this past week, I kept thinking about it all week long. And I dwelt on it, and I thought about it, and I went and read some about it, and, and I thought about it some more. And I finally concluded the reason it stayed on my mind was because I'm supposed to share that with you this morning. And that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to preach you a message that I have entitled, You Can't Stop Me. You'll see why it's not belligerent as I be 
go through the message. Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to begin reading at verse 43. These are the words of Jesus. You have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. I pray, Father, that your holy word will be energized by the Holy Spirit, that it will be anointed to reach our hearts, that it will be proclaimed in the power of the Spirit to bring a change in our lives, help us to hear with spiritual ears, and to receive everything that you have for us from your word today as your anointed servant brings this message to your people in Jesus' name, amen. There are some things you could stop me from doing, and then some things I would want you to stop me from doing. If you see that I'm driving towards a cliff that I don't know is there, I'd like for you to get out there and wave your hands and stop me if at all possible. Put some kind of a blockade to keep me from going over that. There are a lot of things I'd like for you to stop me from doing. And there are some things that people would like to stop us from doing that they can't. I'm going to tell you very quickly, the first point of this message is, you can't stop me from loving you. Now that's a surprise to many of you. It's shocking to some. Wait a minute. Do you mean to say that a person can't stop you from loving him? That's exactly right. Well, they can do things that will make you want to stop. They can do things, in fact, to make you wish that you'd never come across them so you wouldn't have to have the responsibility of loving them or not loving them. But when it comes right down to it, Jesus said we are not only to love those who love us, we're not only to love our friends, we're not only to love our families, but get this, He said we are to love our enemies. This is not a political statement. This is not a geopolitical thing for the world. This is not talking about whether we're supposed to love the Nazis of World War II. It'd be easy if that's all it were. Oh, yeah, sure. God bless all the Nazis. I hope they all went to heaven. God bless those that are still here. Help them. That'd be easy. God bless all the communists. They tried to destroy our country. But God bless them all. We love them. Send them to heaven, Lord, if you can. That'd be easy. That person, though, that comes down and steals what's yours. And you know it, and they know it. And they really know that you know it, but they deny it. That's a hard one to love. Some of you have now or have had family members that it's hard to love. Some of you have now or have had husbands it's hard to love. Same thing goes the other way. Some of you have had or have wives. It's hard to love. Some of you getting ready to get one. 
that after a while it's going to be hard to love. It'd be hard now if you could open your eyes and see the truth, but anyway, I told you. Because <laughs> you see, it doesn't matter if you talk about all the Republicans can say, oh, I love the Democrats, I just don't like what they do. And the Democrats can say, oh, I love the Republicans, I just don't like what they believe and stand for. And the Independents can say, I love all of them. Doesn't matter to me. But this is not political. It isn't even physical. This is a spiritual requirement, and it isn't a requirement so that the person that you have to love gets blessed. It's a requirement so that you who have to do the loving will be blessed. Because you see, the person who is your enemy, and I put that in the phrase of Jesus talking about it. I mean, there are people who are against you. There are people who don't like you. I, wait a minute. I'm sorry to tell you this. I'm going I'm I'm to cushion this a little bit for you because I'm just going to be a shock to you. There are some people who don't like you. I know they should. I can't, I, I'm the same way as you. I can't figure out why they don't. I, when I first became a pastor, I was so idealistic, I thought everybody ought to love me because I was doing the work of God. I believed that for a long time. And I found out after a while that it didn't matter what I did, how hard I tried, how much I prayed, how much I studied, how kind I tried to be, how compassionate I wanted to be, everybody just would not love me. I still don't understand it. <laughs> I'm not talking about any of you because I know all of you love me. I'm talking about people I used to know. <laughs> you see, I'm still idealistic. <laughs> but I will tell you this, that, that the person who you may not know, me may not even recognize as your enemy, but there are, there are people who do not want your well-being. There are people who don't care about whether you have what's good or not. They, they want what's for them. It doesn't matter what's for you. But I am going to tell you this, that, that there is a love given at the cross of Jesus Christ, deposited in the hearts of those who come in total and complete surrender to Him and take the cross into their lives. There is a love that the world cannot understand, but there's also a love that the world cannot defeat. I will tell you today, it is possible by the grace of God, it is possible by the grace of God, and realistically ought to be a reality for you by the grace of God, you can love anybody regardless of how that person treats you. And not only can you do it according to the Word of God if you want to be what Jesus said you should be and if you want to live according to God's Word and live in the truth of His Word and in the power of His Holy Spirit, you must do it. I know you're thinking about, you're thinking about people right now that God makes exceptions for. I know you're thinking about people right now. Now I know, God, you are not going to require me to love Him. No. I know the pastor said, but, but he doesn't know about him. And if he did, he wouldn't, he wouldn't say everybody. He would, he would make any, if, if I could sit down and talk to the pastor, he would tell me it's okay to leave him out. 
or leave her out or them out. But, <laughs> but I wouldn't. But you see, I don't find any place where there are any exceptions. And this is what Jesus said. The, the most disrespected people among the Jews of that day were the publicans. They were called tax collectors. They were more and worse than tax collectors. They were dishonest. And, and, and they were despised by people. But they said, he said, even, even the publicans, and including that, including that, the Pharisees and the scribes, they show honor to those who show honor to them. They show respect to those who show respect to them. They even love those who love them. What credit or what advantage is that? Jesus said we are supposed to rise above that, and though it may have been said in the past that you're to love your neighbor and hate your enemy, I say to you that you're to love all of those, including your enemy, and your enemy is one that's the hardest to love, but it's the one that you must love, because if you're going to love the true meaning of the love of the cross, you will have to incorporate your enemies in that love, and you will have to love them. If you don't do that, you haven't learned what the true meaning of the love of the cross is. I know this is hard. I'd rather be preaching about going to heaven. I'll tell you what I'll do. You bear with me through this and I'll end up talking about going to heaven. How about that? I'll talk about heaven and New Jerusalem and going through the sky when Jesus comes. I'll save that till the end and I'll do that if you stay with me right now and let me tell you about this. <laughs> we, it, love Love is the requirement. Love is the requirement. And, and, and you know, I want to make this very clear. Now, we're talking about an agape love. There's, there, there are four kinds of love that the Bible talks about. Actually, the, the Scripture doesn't use some of the words. There's the eros love, which is the sexual or, or, or physical love that, that we know of in the world. There is the... Uh, uh, Phileo, and uh, I want to say, listen, forgive me just, I'll take a digress for just a moment here. I walked out this morning and left every single note that I had. (laughs) 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 My memory is not that bad. Carolyn was ready 10 minutes early and I was so shocked I ran and got in the car. Before she realized it, and I, and I walked off and left all my notes on my computer at home. If, <laughs> I'll email them to you if you want me to. <laughs> anyway, anyway, my point is, <laughs> my point is I still love her with all my heart. I sure do. I absolutely do. I've lived with her for over 50 years, and I still love her today. And I, and, and I might as well tell you something else, too, about that. You know, love isn't something you feel. No, no, because that changes from day to day. Oh, there, it, it does it change. You know it does. It, it, it doesn't stay the same. But real love, real love stays the same. You know, real love is like, is like the tide, you know. It, 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 it isn't always a high tide. Sometimes, twice a day, the tide goes out. And the level of the water goes down. But stay right there. After a while, it's going to come back again. Tide's going to come back again. It's going to rise again. And the water, whether the tide is high or low, there's still the same amount of water in the ocean. 
So love is like that. Real, genuine love is like that. Now, how did I get so far off of what I was talking about? You know, you know, (laughs) that is true, absolutely, that is exactly what I did today. I didn't even know it until I got in here and walked into the office and started to get ready like I normally do, and it wasn't there. So, all right, so you can't stop me from loving you because that is exactly what the Lord commands, and that's what you and I know we're supposed to do. I'm going to tell you the second thing. Here's another very important thing. You can't stop me from praying for you. I have had very few people in my life who've ever told me they didn't want me to pray for them. In fact, I, I'm, I, I find difficulty remembering. I have been to some people perhaps who didn't know me, and I was there to visit them at somebody else's request, and I'd say, may I pray for you? And they'd say, oh, you know, you know kind of like either way, it doesn't matter. But I've never had anybody say, no, 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 don't you pray for me. But I know that there are some people who don't care whether you and I pray for them or not. Because if they cared, where you, if they cared whether you and I prayed for them or not, they would act differently from the way they do act, wouldn't they? They would show it in, a different, in ways different from the way they show them their, their expressions of personality and mannerisms now. They would act in a different way if they really cared whether we pray for them or not. But I will tell you this, whether somebody wants you to pray for him or not, whether somebody cares whether you pray for him or not, whether somebody might even say to you, don't pray for me, I don't have any confidence in your prayers anyway. It does not relieve you of the scriptural, spiritual responsibility to pray for those who need your praying. It is important that we recognize we have a responsibility to pray for people. I will tell you honestly, I have met some people and I've experienced things with some people that caused me not to want to pray for them. In fact, Don't act like you never had that happen to you. Don't act like you can't think of anybody like that. You can think of somebody like that, and you don't have to think very long or hard about it either. You've already thought of two or three people. While I'm talking, you've already thought of some people. I have. I know two people right now that God told me. I know He told me to pray for them. I even called one of my friends, and I said, I want you to pray for this person with me at 6 o'clock every morning. I want you to pray for this person with me. And he said he would. And I started praying for that person. And then there was another person, person who stole from me. I'd given him every kind of thing, given, 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 helped, 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 poured all kinds of things into his life, bailed him out of jail, paid his bills, everything you could think of. And then he came around and stole from me. I won't tell that. I've, I've told that. I've told about that in Wednesday nights back in the beginning of, we'll go back and start some beginning of some things again sometime tell some things i've told that you just would love to hear but i've told them another and those 25 people that we here heard them but you haven't heard them but, but anyway so so god told me to pray for he told me to pray for these two people and i prayed for them i i, I called them i'd faithfully call their names i on and on i called their names carolyn heard me in mornings when we prayed i'd call their names in prayer and then I, it, it dawned on me i think this week I hadn't even thought about it for a while. How long? I have, it's been a quite a while since I've called their name in prayer. 
And I didn't feel badly about it because I know I had prayed for them. But this is my point to you. Oftentimes, God wants you to pray for other people, not because of what He's going to do for them. They're going to go right on being the old mean rascals that they were before you started praying for them. They're going to think the same thing of you before you ever call their name one time in prayer. They're not going to change what they think about you. and not going to change the way they act towards you. Because God doesn't make people, God doesn't force people against their will to change. So it's not going to change them. You're praying for those that you might consider your enemies, as Jesus described it. Those who persecute you and despitefully use you, he said, are those we are to pray for. It's not going to do anything for them, perhaps. It may, but it may not. But you know who it's going to bless? You know who it's going to help? The one that's doing the praying. You're going to be the one that gets the blessing out of it. You're going to be the one that gets helped. You're going to be the one that draws closer to God because you obey God. Because you do what God told you to do against the hardship of doing what your flesh and even your spirit doesn't really want to do. I started praying for these people. And I'll tell you, it was kind of hard for me to spit their name out when I started praying for them. But I got to the place I could pray for them and pray for them sincerely. Pray for God to save them. I admit sometimes I did say, God, if anybody needs saving, both of them do. But I wasn't just judging them. I knew them well enough to know that was true. I, but, but I got to the place that I prayed for them freely. Prayed for grace and blessings to come upon them and really meant it. And then I don't even know when I stopped praying for them. You know why? Because I had done what God told me to do. Nothing was happening. If anything has happened to either one of them, I don't know it. I've never seen or heard any sign of it. Has anything happened to either one of them? Has anybody who knows me heard anything about happening to them? Anybody heard anything about happening to her? Nope, still same old person. Anything heard anything about happening to him? The one that stole my trailers? You know? Nope, nobody heard anything about him either? Okay. They don't know. They never heard. My family's never heard anything about what happened to them. So I think they're still just like they were before I started praying for them. But you know what's different is? I know I obeyed God. And what I know right now is I have nothing, nothing, nothing whatsoever in my heart against either one of them. I could say that before God, before the Holy Spirit, at the throne of God. I have nothing in my heart against them. Don't ever plan to have. And how did that happen? It happened because I prayed for them. Because I loved them. Because I said, God, help them. God, save them. God, bless them. God, prosper them. And I meant it. And because of that, God did for me what I was praying for Him to do for them them <laughs> so i don't want anybody to stop me from praying for them they could try with all their attitude with all their wrong spirit with all the wrong actions with all their wrong deeds they could do a lot of things to make you not want to pray for them but if you don't pray for them it won't cost them anything but it will cost you but if you pray for them the blessing the blessing will come upon you because love prevails, prayer prevails, and when you let that come forth in your life as Jesus commanded you to do it, you're the one who's blessed by that. I sat with, uh, on my way back from North Carolina, uh, yesterday, yesterday morning, I, I was driving up to North Carolina. Th this is a parenthesis. You see this parenthesis I just put right here? This is... Not a part of my message. I'm just going to tell you this. I'll tell you when it's over and when I'm back to the message. 
<laughs> I, I, Thursday, I was driving up to North Carolina. I got a call, and I saw his name on my caller ID. I thought, I've just been thinking about him, and I answered it. And he said, hey, Pastor, I had not talked to you in a while. I just want to see if you're okay. What's going on? I said, you'll never believe it. I'm on my way to North Carolina. He lives in North Carolina. He said, you are? Where are you going? I told him where I was going. He said, well, you better see me while you're up here. I said, I was just, believe it or not, I was going to call you today. I, I, I was trying to make sure I had your number. I had to stop to find it. But I was going to call you and, and try to arrange that. So we made some plans and his schedule and my schedule came back. So we decided finally that I would leave Saturday morning very early and get to the town where he is and stop over and visit with him for a cup of coffee or some breakfast or whatever and then drive on home. Now, he li- he, this is a person who... Uh, who, 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 for whom I was pastor for several years, maybe, maybe about almost eight years. I was the pastor of the church. He came into the church, I'd say within the first 60 days of the time, 60 to 90 days of the time that I was the pastor of that church. He became a member of the church and stayed and was all these years and still is today. And uh, so I drove back Saturday morning and I, and I, 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 I walked in and sat down at the table with him. He got us coffee and a biscuit, and we were sitting there. I stayed with him for an hour and 45 minutes, just talking about the things of God, how God's blessed our lives, what God's done in our lives. Now, this is a man for whom I was pastor. I couldn't remember all the words of love a while ago, but I see if I can, if I can do my... So I would have had this calculated if I was planning to talk about it. How far back is... How far back is, how far back from now is 19, how far back from now is 1974? Anyway, it's a long time. <laughs> it's, it's a while. It's a while. 36 years. Is that right? Okay. I take your word for it. If it whatever, it's 36 years. So I, I, that's back when, that's how long ago I was as pastor. And, but, but today, Every now and then he'll call me Brother Bill and he'll say, but, but today, half the time when he addresses me, he says, Pastor. And I said yesterday, I said, you got another pastor. He said, you're still my pastor. He said, you've always been my pastor. And you'll always be my pastor. And, and so I count that as an honor. But the reason I'm telling you about him is this is a man who joined with me to pray for someone he is, he is the, actually the person that I called and said, pray for me for this person. Joined me at 6 o'clock in the morning. Pray. When I first started praying for this person that I said a few minutes ago I'd stop praying for, he's the one I called. And he and I have prayed together over some things in, in the past, and, and uh, his, his praying with me has made a significant difference in the direction of God in my life. There's, I could tell you at least two occasions when God just specifically, wonderfully answered prayer when he and I joined together to pray. And, and, and so, and so uh, in, 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 in talking to him yesterday, I, I, I realized a number of things. I, num- I, I realized just, and as I got in the car and, and, and drove away, I kept on thinking about all the mighty, powerful things that God did. And he did it because we prayed together and believed together. And, and, and I'm honored. I'm honored today that, that uh, he still considers me his pastor. And uh, 
I guess I'm telling you that. I'm not sure why I'm telling you that. I'm telling you that, I think, so that I can tell you I'm honored that I'm your pastor as well. I I consider... I, 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 I am the person, I'm the person who's honored that God has chosen and put in a place of service, that God has put in a place to serve, to pray, to believe, to, 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 that God has put me in a place, and I'm honored that this is true, to be able to come here and stand here and tell you the truth, even sometimes when the truth isn't the most pleasant thing to hear. So I'm going to tell you today, I guess you can close the parentheses now. (laughs) I'm going to tell you today that if you aren't practicing the love of God in your life towards other people, you need to get right with God. You need to get your heart and your life right with God. You get to the place that you are doing what God's told you about praying for people and loving people, and God will do some honorable, wonderful, powerful things in your life but it's going to take that. You're going to have to give up your old grudges. You're going to have to give up your old grudges. I don't care what she said about you back then. I don't care what he did to you back then or what she said about you yesterday or what he did to you yesterday. I'm not saying that if somebody's walked up and hit you with a baseball bat, You ought to get up and dress your wound and walk out there and say, have you still got that bat? Try me again. I'm not not telling you to be an idiot. I'm not telling you to be a fool. I'm no better than that. But I will tell you this. Once you've been hit with that bat, get your bandage and get your wound better. You may not be supposed to go out there and get hit with that bat again, but you might need to go in your closet and pray Not that God will break his arm so he can't hit somebody else. You need to go pray for God to forgive him and put a love for God in your heart for him. That's hard. This is hard, hard. And if I'd made it up, I would think you ought to stand up and say, get out of here. But you know I didn't make it up. You know I didn't bring this up and concoct this out of some weird idea I had. I found this right here in the words of Jesus. He's the one who said it. I'm just repeating for him what he said. And I know that's difficult. So let me just tell you one more great thing. I I, I promised you I'd end on this, and so I will. Nobody can stop you from praying for him. Nobody can stop you from loving him. And nobody can stop you from going to heaven. Nobody can stop you. Nobody can stop you. You say, oh, if it just wasn't for so-and-so, if I could just get over that, well, just go get over it. It's, worth going to, it's not worth going to hell over what anybody's done to you or said about you or the way anybody's treated you. It isn't worth that. <laughs> the only way, the, you know the only way you can keep me from going to heaven with you? There's only one way you can keep me from going to heaven with you. You know what it is? If you decide not to go. (laughs) If you decide not to go, we won't be there together. And we won't be anywhere else together. Because that's where I'm planning to go. (laughs) 
I'm going to love those I need to love. I'm going to pray for those I need to pray for. I'm going to serve God, live for God, keep my life what God wants it to be. And I'm, when that final day comes, however God chooses for the end to come at the rapture or any other transition, I plan to go. That's where I plan to be. And if you don't want to be there with me, you just don't go. And the same thing for everybody else, all those other people. Because I'm not going to tell you that all those people that you've got to pray for and love, I'm not telling you they're going to heaven. Probably a lot of them are not. That's not your call and it's not my call. Here's, here's what my call is. I've got to make my decision. I've decided I'm going to heaven. And I've decided I'll take anybody with me that wants to go. <laughs> and if anybody doesn't want to go, go where you want to go. If you want to go to heaven, we'll go together. We'll love God, we'll serve God, we'll preach and pray and do our best to win everybody that we can, but we'll just go to heaven regardless of where anybody else goes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I looked, I looked in, the, in, the, in the coffin of the body of the... The person that we knew as Alton Bradley, he wasn't there. I looked at his body. I laid my hand over on him. And I started to say something, and I said, well, why would I do that? He's not here. And so I just turned around, and I said, Alton, don't know if you can hear me, but I know where you are, and it's not here. <laughs> it's not here <laughs> hallelujah and I stood up before those people that evening in that funeral service and that's basically what I said he is not here he's gone he's gone he's waiting for us there someday I'll preach to you why I know we'll recognize the others in heaven but I, I said to them I have every confidence that he will know us and we will know him when we arrive there I have assurance so that I believe it's the Word of God. As I see the Word of God, I believe that's true. But this I do know. He is there, and He is there waiting among that great cloud of witness of those of us who are going. And my friend, you're not going unless you follow through with some of the things that I've been saying to you this morning. Because some of these things, if you don't do them and do them right, they'll keep you out. But I'd rather do whatever it takes. I'd rather forgive whoever I've got to forgive. Love whoever I need to love. Pray for whoever I need to pray for. Whoever it is, I'd rather pray for them and love them and go to heaven than get some kind of little menial, carnal, unspiritual, ungodly way. Well, God don't expect me to do that for him. God knows what he did. God don't expect me to love him. God don't expect me to pray for him. Make up your own gospel if you want to. I'll tell you one thing. You better have a good explanation for it when you get up there and have to give an account for it. Because <laughs> if you make it up, it ain't true. <laughs> but this is what's true, friend. This is what's true right here. I've tried to share that with you this morning. I apologize for being kind of scattered all over the place today. No, I don't. I, I know I don't. No, I don't. Uh, uh, I take that back. I'm not going to apologize for it. 
I'll just take it this is what I was supposed to do. I might have said some other things if I'd had my notes that I wasn't supposed to say. <laughs> Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. 